0: Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends. It is the House of the Unusual podcast, your favorite place to be. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky. With me as always is the maestro of mail order mysteries, Eddie Guevara. Today we have a special guest to talk to you about everything mail order, karate, martial arts related. His name is Jason and he's got some cool stuff to tell. But before we get started, we want to send a special shout out to our friend, our co-host, Sherry Caputo. Uh, Today is her birthday. So happy birthday, Sherry. Uh, Her and Chuck will not be with us today. They are out uh, doing birthday type festivities all day so you know hopefully they're out having fun and sherry happy birthday to you happy all right birthday, so... yeah happy birthday <laughs> i'm sure she's not having uh, plenty of fun with her and chuck oh, she's, so, not um, too... she's not what's fun?
1: Fun? i was gonna say she's not too fond of chuck and his ventriloquist dummy
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> hopefully he didn't bring that with him on their their uh, birthday dinner date but you know we'll find out about it all about it next week we'll have to grill her and 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 see how how chuck did for her birthday uh, let's see what do we got going on for today before we get into our our conversations you know what i'm going to turn it over to eddie and see what's new from him because he just landed from florida and i'm sure he's got a lot of stuff uh going on so eddie man what's new and
1: welcome uh welcome back uh welcome back <laughs> thank you <sir>. Thank you. <laughs> back um, to new jersey <laughs> i don't even know if i'm back or going or coming but anyway joe i guess we kind of feel the same way today but oh yeah what i was gonna say is my the good thing is down there my brother actually uh my brother who's uh he was on the last week's podcast uh he's kind of like a psychiatrist slash research clinic he owns. and uh what happened is is he he's good at social media so he's been Helping me with our social media, and uh, we actually went up ready for this by five hundred and fifty-seven subscribers in a week. That is a awesome. breaker for us. I mean, um, and that was—if you look right now—the YouTube channel is at two thousand two hundred and something. We were at seventeen hundred, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I just seen that, man. That's awesome, and thank you to everyone out there who's subscribing uh, to us. at, at... That helps us out tremendously. So thank yeah. you.
1: So that's been going on. The other thing was kind of funny is my granddaughter somehow got my phone and she posted on Instagram a couple of photographs. She took her for little characters. And I think it was I thought it was kind of cute. But <laughs> I think some Instagram followers thought it was uh, somebody hacked into the channel. <laughs> and they actually we lost 50 subscribers to Instagram. <laughs> but i think we gained them back apparently i mean i don't know how she did i found out it was her because obviously i saw her feet on the photo and um it was mickey mouse and all that but i thought that was kind of funny um she's hacking it, our uh, our instagram yeah well the thing joe is i don't know how she remembered my six you know because i use six codes on my iphone the six number thing and she actually remembered that and and, and hacked the phone and I don't know how in the world she did it. And I'm like, okay, that's crazy. But anyway, other than that, what I was telling, I was going to tell you is I did a total of about 12 or 13 recordings of my collection over the past week. And um, I've been posted, but I've decided instead of Monday through Thursday, I think I was overwhelmingly putting up too many videos. I've decided to do it Monday and Wednesday, and then Friday will be Chuck. Um, because if not technically we're competing or I'm competing against myself, uh, <laughs> you know, too many videos going up at once. So yeah, I broke it down. So this way it's, it gives me where I've already pre-recorded for like almost a month and a half in advance, some time to keep going through my storage and find the books that Jason is looking for, so badly for. <laughs> Other than that, that's it, Joe. Hey, I have to
0: ask you on the Instagram page, what's up with that, that photo of you and your brother with all those, uh, collectibles on the table hopefully you package that up and they're shipping it to me am i correct in that
1: yes we are <laughs> yeah. the, the problem is you should see me bringing all that stuff up here man it, the uh i bought on the plane uh it looked like one of those uh, gym bags but it was a big giant square one and it weighed 49.6 pounds and I, and carrying that without wheels and the carry-on and then two bags of toys was insane And um, that caused a really, really big problem. Not problem. I mean, I did get it here, but getting home was just crazy, man.
0: Crazy. Now, how was was Coral Castle this time around? It looks like it it wasn't raining there this time. So I'm sure you had a lot more fun and and was able to see the, the, the sights a little bit better.
1: You know what? Coral Castle, it is what it is. I'm preparing a little bit of slideshow for it. Uh, they're uh, kind of against recording and all this stuff. They want you to pay thousands of dollars to record. So I had to do my sneaky way, you know. <laughs> but but what I was going to say, it's it's a f- fascinating place. There's actually one of those guys that works there. Um, he kind of came, or he used to work there, actually, he used to work there. He kind of came up to me and said, hey, I, I was there for a very long time. Um, I could tell you all the insights. I have pictures that no one has, and the type of uh, conspiracy theories guy. And you know, I, I gave him my number. I don't know if he's reached out to my brother yet or not, but he could be a pretty good, interesting person to have on the podcast. uh He has to use a fictitious name, kind of though. Uh, but the to whole give us thing, all the
0: secrets of Coral
1: Castle. The, well, the secrets being like you know, there's parts of Coral Castle like supposedly there's a big pillar there that has like a. And X marks the spot, like in the center, like a wire looks like a bullseye from a rifle. And supposedly when it's noon or something, you could see the moon smack right in the middle of it. So he was able to actually uh, take a picture of that. And he has some live pictures from 1940s and 30s of the actual guy who built it with his fat. So technically, yeah, he's got a lot. I saw the pictures and photos. Uh, they would be phenomenal. I mean, it, it is what it is, is we always deal with the UFO, the strange and whatever is unusual that's for house of the unusual uh then the other thing is like i mentioned we've had um i guess we, you 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 know how you can tell you're doing good because there's a lot of copycats on the internet right now and all of a sudden we've had a couple of house of this house of that show up with the internet and uh there's one that even took joe's beautiful face but uh joe uh we took care of that
0: awesome <laughs> sounds good all right, hey, before we get into our special guest today, I just want to give a uh, shout-out to MyMovieMonsters.com. you your home for uh, Scary Monsters Magazine and all things uh, horror and sci-fi. They are shipping out the new Castle of Frankenstein, number 36, so make sure you pick that up. Uh, the uh, the owners of Scary Monsters Magazine, Don and Vicky, they do have the trademark The official United States of America trademark for Castle of Frankenstein. So it is theirs now. And they are putting out number 36, Lost Voyages of Sinbad. So it is shipping. It should be at your local bookstore if it's not already. Make sure you are looking for that. Also, Scary Monsters number 129 is coming in late November, early December. And it is the Creatures, Caverns, and Undergrounds Worlds issue. Um... Make sure you, you go online, either pre-order that or check it out at your local bookstore. It'll be in in time for Christmas. So all those scary uh, monster fans out there, classic horror fans, make sure you pick up this magazine. I do have an article in there about some old-time radio programs, so you do not want to miss it. It is going to be fantastic, and it will be a great holiday gift, so make sure you pick them up. Plus, they got other tons of uh, mag toys and everything on there dealing with the uh the classics of horror and sci-fi and some fantasy stuff so that's mymoviemonsters.com all right jason we're gonna get to you you are to us affectionately known as the karate guy <laughs> well, mail order good. of mail order specialties man so I uh, i've been digging all your your photos you've been posting online on our website because i don't know mm-hmm. You know, Eddie's the, Eddie's the expert here at, at mail stuff. I'm just the, uh, I'm the grasshopper, man. I'm still learning <laughs> a little bit trying to grasp but, the pebble from the hand. Yeah. And I haven't been able to grasp it yet. So I just kind of, you know, when he says do that, I just like to tackle him and say, well, I'm going to take the whole body with the pebble. That's right. But- you know I've been, re- I've been really digging all the pictures that you put up there and i i've been i'm looking at it right now because like once a day i look at the black dragon fighting society card that is just so cool man i i, I just for some reason when i see that like i picture like some um i don't know some uh ruffian in the shadows of like <laughs> new york or something in like the 60s or 70s in the alleyway passing out these cards to like kids like hey man you want to come to a, a secret you know fighting place and he's passing out uh, black dragon fighting society cards or something man but i tell you what you have a cool collection and a lot of stuff there but uh, i'm gonna turn it over to you why don't you introduce yourself and uh, let us know a little bit about you and you know what you collect and all that sure um actually it's funny you were talking about panning out
2: the cards in the back way because when the uh, Count Dante's book was sold back in the '60s. He would send out that card with the book, so you would you would get a card, nice um, to impress the kids in the schoolyard, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, so actually um, Eddie got me started, and uh, the book got me started on this collection because I w- I was reading mail order mysteries, and there was a couple of books in there that I had been doing martial arts for years and years, so those were the ones that were. Especially interesting to me, and I was thinking I can actually crack those <laughs> down that'd be a cool cool thing to look at because I was wondering if there was actually any any content in there that would be usable or valuable, and generally, there's nothing usable or valuable in any of them <laughs> they're 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 pretty much the same as all other mail order mystery stuff it's a bait and switch um but i'm not I'm not upset about it um because they're totally a, a product of their time. Um, there was such a, the early sixties and the seventies being a time when martial arts was so uh, big as a fad and there being so little actual content. So many, so few teachers out there, I guess, who had actually learned enough to pass along a full curriculum or anything like that. Um, so they were kind of uh, low on content, I'll say, but they, Present what they have in a in an entertaining way. Um, also, I have to say it's kind of weird being on the podcast because I've listened to a few of your podcasts, and I'm, when I hear you two guys talk, it sounds like I'm listening to the podcast. So it makes me think I should just sit
0: back and listen. <laughs> now, you do, yeah, you do have to talk with us because mm. if not, Eddie will go on for the the full hour. Or so. <laughs> Yeah. So welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um I, I did have
2: a seven foot ghost, I remember, or my brothers did back in nineteen seventy five or so. I was I am just a little too young to have hit hit the early seventies with buying power. But uh, my brothers I think had a seven foot ghost, so
0: I remember that clearly.
2: The garbage bag and the balloon.
0: Nice. Now you know it's funny that you said, you know. It, it these mail order martial arts things were a bait and switch. You know, I I started martial arts when I was real young. I I was uh, I actually went with my uncle to a um I don't I can't remember kind of what it was. It was at a local gym, but they were doing um some fighting and some weapon stuff. And I I think I was like five or six years old. And I I said, oh, I want to try that. So I ended up doing um uh, pukalon kung fu for about seven years, and then. Mm-hmm. Did some martial arts in the military and all that. And um, you know, every once in a while when I'm on YouTube, i I like pulling up these uh and this is gonna kind of go back to what you said, but you, you pull up a lot of these martial arts videos online and you're looking at some of the stuff and it's like they're gonna get somebody killed if <laughs> <You get> somebody <laughs> tries some of this stuff. So yep. it's almost like you have people doing the same thing where it says on there, you know, <laughs> this move may save your life, but then when you look at it, you're like, No, that move's gonna take your life. <laughs> So they were doing the same thing back yeah. in you know, the 60s and 70s but it was just on paper whereas today it's it's in youtube it's, it's on tiktoks and everything where they're 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 kind of doing the whole bait and switch thing yeah really the whole bait and
2: switch thing is almost endemic i think to martial arts as a thing because you can go to i've been lucky and i've hit some schools where the way they had actual a teacher who usually you can tell a bad school because the teacher's got a a large belly—that's your—that's your sign that you're going to a bad school. He'll show you what to tell you what to do, but he won't show you, and it won't make sense. But I've—I've I've been lucky to hit some schools where the teacher actually cared, and the teacher cared about practicing, which I guess is the main thing. Um, but I would martial arts are like a—you got to look out because there's every every facet of martial arts is full of shysters and scam artists, and then, I don't know. There's no central governing body for martial arts it's not like a doctor or anything so if you want to call yourself a ninja master you can can. do it and they're all (laughs) over the place there's all kinds of ninja masters in north america
0: yeah yeah it seems like everybody with with their own school is a uh is a ninja master or and you know that's not to take away from there are some legitimate Mm. uh, schools out there with some very good uh instructors Yep. You know, when I took it, I was I was lucky enough. It was at a, um, a little place in my city and it was kind of like in an old house. And it was um, from what I could remember. Now, this was, you know, late 80s into the early 90s from what I remember. And I was young then, like I said, you know, around when I started there, I was maybe around seven years old. And I think I did it until about 13 or 12 or 13 when I started playing football and baseball and all that in, in high school. And, you know my grades were getting bad so i had to you know i couldn't do too much. Yeah. but you know i i went with all adults there there was me and another guy my age and it was um there was kind of no holding back we yeah, got our we got like our it butt- would be rough
2: that sounds like a yeah. rough place
0: it was it was rough and i mean they didn't go full blast at you like they would do themselves but there was no like oh you're a little kid so we're you know you got you got whooped on and it was you know i i look back at it and i could kind of see where they're coming from because you had to build up that that kind of like um that strength and kind of like that discipline and when you go on the streets or when you go into a situation it's not gonna be like oh he's a little kid you know we're gonna go easy on him and i was really happy the way that they did that because it forced me to grow up a little bit quicker it forced me to have discipline it forced me to um take and endure the pain and learn how Mm -hmm. to channel it and it was i thought it was very good and then i've seen over the years some of these other schools where it's like well as long as you pay your monthly due you'll get your next belt and it's like are you kidding me (laughs) you you know and i hate seeing that because i i think it gives this this false sense of security to these people Mm -hmm. that that they're almost um that they could handle any situation and then when they get into something serious And they're going to fall back on what they think they learned from there. And they're going to get seriously hurt or killed. And I think a lot of these places are doing a huge disservice. And a lot of these, you know, online martial arts grandmasters and all that stuff. So, you know, people out there really need to do their research on where they're going and, you know, what kind of stuff they're doing. Just like I'm sure kids back in the 60s and 70s had to do with you hopefully did with these programs if they received them and you know i i hope their parents you know really watched over them and said oh some of this stuff doesn't look too (laughs) good i don't know if you should be doing this but you know you're the one that has you're the one that has all these booklets what kind of stuff did they did they show in there to these kids well i'm thinking that might be
2: why these booklets are so hard to track down nowadays because (laughs) uh, the parents saw them and they threw them out yeah, the, that could be a, a definitely a good reason. Like Count Dante's book is mostly consists of um, eye gouging and face ripping. So I mean, you can't can't have a kid going to school getting into a fight and deciding to gouge out somebody's eye.
0: Yeah, you you get your lunch money taken, and the, ah. the kid loses gets his eyes taken. Fair trade, I guess. You yeah. know, for eight years old. <laughs> I, I tracked down another one just a couple
2: of weeks ago um, that I had been looking for for a while. The Ninja Self Defense Course and. It's all of about 60 pages, and the main idea is you would get a long needle and jab somebody in a sensitive place with it. That, that was it. That was the whole course.
0: Okay. I, I guess I could <laughs> uh, yeah. It would work. I, mean, I don't know if I'd want you know a five-year-old doing that. I mean, yeah. I guess in theory that could that could work, but yeah, yeah I don't it's... know if you should be going to school with a long no. needle, you know, just waiting for somebody to to bump your shoulder <laughs> or something
2: <laughs> these were comic advertising comic books i mean you're, you're selling to what eight to twelve these your main your main group here and it's 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 uh it's all bait and, it's all the bait and switch it's all the bait and switch i mean and all these things seem like good ideas when you're not getting punched in the mouth i suppose too yeah,
0: you know? yeah. Yeah, what's that old saying? You're, you know, plans go out the window, yeah. man, that, when that yeah. first punch is thrown. That's Mike Tyson's you know, thing. everybody's gonna plan until he get punched in the face. Yeah,
1: that's it. Yeah, from Mike Tyson. Yep. Yep, you're right. I heard him say that. Not too long. You know something, guys? I'm going to bring a little history on that old like, karate and stuff uh, because I actually lived it. Um, in the 1970s, especially like in 1969, 1970, the number one person that everybody talked about was Bruce Lee. So everybody wanted to be Bruce Lee. So you, you had the song Everybody Loves Kung Fu Fighting came out and mm-hmm. became very popular, and, those, and everybody wanted that. So every comic book you bought, uh, Richie Rich, well, Richie Rich didn't have as many, but it was mostly the Archies and DC, and, and you know, even if you bought magazines on Psychology Today, they were filled with karate ads, and they all promised you to be better uh, not be bullied. Uh, you will be the envy of your friends. Uh, the girls will admire you, you know, this stuff, of thing. And the biggest one on that was the Charles, uh, you know, like, like the Charles Atlas course, every comic book said, you know, how you can turn a skinny person into a big, per- you know, whatever. So
2: <laughs> a beefcake. Yep. <laughs> they still sell those today. You can still get yeah. the Atlas course.
1: Yeah. The, the situation with dad, believe it or not, is that, well, as a kid, I tried to go to karate. So, of course, my mom took me. There was a place called the Broadway Temple in Manhattan, and I went to there. And the very second day I went, uh, they told me to take off my socks. And I, for some reason, I don't know why, I was not. I didn't want to take off my socks. Foot odor. Uh, I don't know. I just didn't want to take him off. That extra toe? Yeah, I the extra toe, it, foot owner, long nails. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know why I didn't when other people did, but here's what happened. You're in the gym floor. There's no mats. I t- I have my sock on. They tell us oh, to throw, you know, foot up in the air. The very second day, we're kicking already, and I flipped on. I don't know what happened. I spun around, and I landed on my foot the next two months with a cast. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> That caused me to like you know not get in it. Then I tried again as I got older, uh, but one thing I'm going to tell you and this that might that
0: gonna... might be the most brief uh, karate <laughs> career in the history of martial arts. <laughs> it, it was
1: the most brief, and, and you're right about that. But the best part was that um, on the on the flip side of that, <laughs> I, I went to the um, to you know I would take comic books, and every single comic book I went into. Okay, I would order the mail order course. I, I believe I ordered one time Johnson Smith had. Johnson Smith had quite a few of them. Uh, I ordered the Honor House Karate course, and I ordered the Johnson Smith. Um, if I remember, the Johnson Smith I think it was like eighteen lessons, and there were like a couple of booklets, and I I got those. Those were like, believe it or not, twenty four bucks or something, which was a lot of money, wow. but. Um, I also would order that where they send you, you, get a free karate practice dummy, which looked like one of those burglars. It, it actually resembles like if you have ever been shooting, and there's a target. Well, I don't know, Joe. You might be too young for it, but they used to call it the thug. Uh, yeah, the, I, I remember
0: the, <laughs> they, they actually still use those. Those are still in use, very rarely, but they're they're still around with, with the mask well,
2: I, and the striped sweater, or
0: uh, yeah, I think so. I believe so. I do have like some.
2: like a Beagle original. Brothers. Jeez. I, yeah,
0: yeah, like a like a 1930s or 20s like yeah like typical pulp fiction pulp
1: thug. right mm-hmm. right and it's supposed to be where it had the pressure points i actually had that I've, i don't know when i found it years ago if you look at my old uh videos uh joe this is like when you started following me um i think there was one that i was giving away one of those posters and it's behind me but that's also another thing when you say that it also reminded me when you say the thug with the You know, Karate Stripe and stuff like that reminded me of like the Monopoly game too, where you have the guy get out of jail free. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. so, you know, buying all those books and especially the Count Dante. um, The Count Dante, I think he did the best because the way he describes himself as the deadliest man alive, (laughs) you know. And he was such a marketer. And then Mm -hmm. in his time, what made him really big too is that he even challenged... I think he didn't challenge Bruce Lee. He challenged, or he did something. Was kind of a challenge that you know, it, you know, he he advertised his own self. Like he would go and say, "Look, there was so." Let's say he would run an ad, and then he would take the ad and be his own PR. And and that's how good he was. He was a, an excellent marker. I don't know how good of a marketer. Oh, yes. but um, there's actually you know quite a few things uh, with him in there. Uh, the secret society card. I think now that you're talking about that, I think you're right. I think it is inside the book I have. Um, I do have one of the original Count Dante, In fact, the original countdown Dante book I have is in Mail Order Mysteries. Um, so yeah, that, that is the story. Now, one thing I was going to say to you growing up, and this is what I even started the story. I thought that by buying books about every single thing, you know, it would make me a master. Somehow it gave me a, a full sense of, because of, back in the 70s, unlike other times in history, every school had a bully. You walked into class, if you weren't, there was always a bully. So um, I guess I felt that by knowing all those different things, I would know, and, and this actually, when mm-hmm. I was like 14, I started buying the Bruce Tangers, Complete Course of Karate, the Blues Tangers, com- a Complete Course of Jiu-Jitsu. And he was pretty famous at the mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Books, And this book's were like $10, 20 $30 a book. And I bought every single day the entire course of, uh, I remember was the Kai or Sai. Oh, yes. Yep. Uh, the entire Sorry. course of the bowl. And I bought books after books after books. And then I'm like looking, I'm like, what the hell did I even learn? I never took <laughs> a book. And when I try to go again into Kung Fu, where my friend joined Kung Fu when I was 14, this was a very legitimate school. And the guy who was. Uh, what, what year would that have been, Eddie? I think this is probably eight, 1980, okay. I'm in high school now. And I think it was Sifu was the name of the guy. And uh-huh. he came out in a couple of karate magazines in the front cover. So he was pretty, you know, pretty good guy. But, you know, getting back, Jason, to what you were saying about schools and you, Joe. There's one particular school, I'm not going to even get close to naming the town or name because they'll know and and for some reason, but it's the biggest scam I've ever seen. You go inside and they have like loud, like over music that just disturbs the ears, you know, and that's how they get the kids and they got the kids. I mean, they got five and six year old kids breaking boards. So every time you go there, let's break boards. That's not teaching the kids any self-defense. In fact, it's just ripping off from their money. Mm-hmm. and and you know my son he joined um when he was eight years old I paid for the entire year not eight I'm sorry he was like seven years old and I paid for his entire year karate and the school was phenomenal because at the end of the, the week or something they would do the, I think once a month they would perform all this board breaking and stuff but the guys that were there doing it were black belts they were skinny they were masters because you could see they were really good but then of course my son went for about three months, and then I lost the rest of the money (laughs) because he backed out. But then, this is the funny thing, he now turns 18, whatever, 19 years old. Uh, He decides to join. I don't know how he got a hold of the Gracie's, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, whatever it was. And he uh, went to a Gracie studio, and he even met the Meow Brothers and stuff. So he went on to pursue it, heavy duty, where he's basically on it for like the last five years. And he goes like religiously almost seven days a week. And,
0: you know, I'm
1: now, you know, like a state trooper and Mm -hmm. stuff. And but the thing with him is that he's almost a black belt. I think he should be in the next eight months a black belt. But what you're talking about, people paying for black belts where my son was little. I remember that every time you went, it was like 80 bucks to go to the next level. And then if you got a, a black belt, it was 800 bucks. But I find it funny in this school that uh, that I'm talking about right now, that there's a little girl I would say 12 years old and she's got a black belt, and I'm and, and I'm like and then there's a bunch of people there that are really they ate too many donuts, and and I, I'm, I what you just said right now made me laugh because that's exactly what's there, so that's the history yep. with thing it's everybody the reason comic books were so successful. It just like with the seven-foot goes and the monster. They always promised you more than you actually got. Yeah,
0: they all the sizzle, not the not the steak. Exactly, sticks.
1: and yeah. the sizzle was very good for a lot of folks.
0: Mm-hmm. So, well, I tell you what, I, and I'm I'm sure you guys could could relate to this as well. You know, I'm a I'm a child of the '80s. So, <clears throat> in the early '80s, after you know we had our Saturday morning cartoons, um, you know there was wrestling on, and you know we always emulated. Moves in in the living room, you know, as soon as wrestling came on, my living room turned into, you know, the squared circle with cushions everywhere. And my, you know, me and my sister were wrestling or we were, you know, we were wrestling stuffed animals or or whatever. And I'm surprised I didn't
2: get seriously hurt during those days, actually trying to do the camel clutch. And
0: uh, yeah, really. I I remember putting the camel clutch on my sister a few times, then my old man putting it on me. And I said, "Ah, (laughs) yeah, so maybe I won't do that as much, but you know, he actually, he actually took, you know, real wrestling in, in high school and all that. So he knew a few moves. So when I got out of hand, you know, he liked to put me in my place a little bit and showed me that, you know, it can be serious, Mm -hmm. but after wrestling was, you know, kung fu movies from the 70s and early 80s and i had always thought now you got to imagine i'm you know four five six seven years old so a very impressionable young mind is that i was always fascinated every time they'd make a fist you'd hear the cracking you know that they would that they're showing that they're making this tight fist and you know when they would throw the punches and kicks you would hear the wind break and all this (laughs) yep so i always thought Hey, that's the the signs of you know good kung fu. So when I would be out in my my yard or something doing, I'd always try to make my fist crack, and I always thought, you know, I gotta try. I'd always practice it. I gotta try to make my my fist crack and all that. And I remember when I started. Uh, kung fu i was asking him how do i make my fist crack <laughs> they're <laughs> laughing so oh, that's just in in the movies well, and when, all that but once you turn 50 and you and you
2: make a fist your 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 knuckles yeah. crack so and now my it'll, knees it'll get now there. my
0: knees just crack yeah well, i can yeah. get my knees to crack but nothing <laughs> else but you know it just goes to show that an impressionable young mind and the kids that were, were getting these uh mail order programs through the mail were were very impressionable as well and looking at this stuff and going Oh man, I, if I practice this, you know, I could use this against some other kids, or I could show some kids at school, and I could, I could only imagine how many of these kids use some of these things, you know, out in the uh, the playground at school to, you know, try to impress their friends or something, mm. and probably actually got some kids hurt or or got in a, a lot of trouble. But there was a
2: there was a book I was reading recently called "These Fists Break, Break Bricks," and it's an excellent book that covers the 70s kung fu movies and era and actually has a section in there where they talk about a crackdown that occurred because fights were breaking out in front of kung fu theaters i think in new york oh wow they had a couple of cases where i think it was two cases where people were killed because a fight broke out in the line waiting to go into the movie and and People decided to go Kung Fu on it. but
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely not
2: recommended. No, no.
1: (laughs) And that's funny. They went for the
2: eye gouge. I don't know.
1: Jason, you just reminded me. um, Last night, I don't know how the conversation came about. There was uh, one girl in particular. She's like one of the supermodels, actually a a famous supermodel. And we're talking. I'm saying, you know, back in the day, people would do this and that. They used to scam a lot of people in the early 60s. 30s 40s and one thing that came in, in in thing I said did you ever hear about the guy that sold the Brooklyn Bridge and I actually when I looked it up in Google he, he went to Sing Sing prison for life but he actually had sold the Brooklyn Bridge several times where <laughs> it was kind of funny because a lot of people were arrested for trying to put up their own toll booth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like people are that dumb but the guy in the beginning when he started his scam He sold the Brooklyn Bridge to some very uh, uh, aristocrat or whatever that came from, Mm -hmm. because he would always uh, take foreigners, you know, and they were his target. So he sold them. And then the guy, you know, he didn't want to say anything because he felt embarrassed that he was bamboozled. So the guy went over to Europe and sold the Eiffel Tower to somebody else over there too, who also was embarrassed and didn't bring him to. Mm -hmm. That's how it was. A lot of people, a lot of scams and
2: they have and enough it, money to it, not, not worry about their value the or their reputation more than their money, I guess.
1: Right. And you see Mr. Joe there. I mean, he, he was a young guy who wanted to crack his knuckles. <laughs> and, and now, now know, it's just my knees and, that crack. <laughs> yeah, was, no, I was going to say, I was the biggest sucker, though, for when it came to, to all that stuff back in the day. I would get bamboozled. Two days later, I wanted to send away for another one because I thought the other one was better than the first one I read. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing really quick. If, if you think that scams were among mail order, if you ever went into, like, the adult industry at the time, they can make mail order look, uh, like, great in scams compared to the scams they pulled and uh, the money that was probably made at the time. Until so, you know, one of the bad things that happened, I'll tell you what, is over time the FTC started cracking down on mail order fraud. Mm -hmm. It started cracking down. And a lot of the stuff that right now I wish was still around uh, stopped. Like, for example, when they used to include all the toys inside the cereals. Yeah, I miss those. Yeah, they always showed them a little bigger than they actually were. And then they were like an inch tall and they looked like four inches. And all that stuff, they had to stop. But at the same time, they also ruined an industry that I grew up in that, quite frankly, I, I think what made a lot of collectors like me collectors are the fact that we were, the word again, bamboozled and how great it felt to be bamboozled when you let your imagination run wild to a mm-hmm. point. It, it it was satisfying for you. It was, let's say, it was very therapeutic at the time for a young kid to have an imagination that could think and, and hope for something that wasn't real. So they kind of took that away from people uh, by being so like, you know how the government is. So anyway. Well, you know, they did that
0: too a lot. I mean, just with anything. I remember toy commercials in the 80s where they'd have these kids playing with these toys and doing all this awesome stuff. And it's like, oh, man, I want that. And then you'd get it and be like, <laughs> you can't do anything with this. It just it just sits there. You can't move anything. I'm not having these great adventures. <laughs> but I, I, I could see, you know, they, they do that in, in everything. And it's still, you know, relevant today in in, in society, just in a lot of different <laughs> ways. Mm-hmm. Mostly, you know, in, in videos that we see on, online, like we had talked about. but <clears throat> Yeah, the influencers are... Selling yeah, yeah. the same stuff nowadays, I guess. Yeah, just selling. You know, different. They're selling. You know, beauty. This fake beauty, fake, uh, um, fitness and everything. So it's just, it's kind of like a, uh, just, it just, just different. It's still yeah. going, but it, but it's a, a lot different.
1: It's it's. I think it's gotten more that they've kind of uh, masqueraded or masked a lot of the ways they're doing it. They're still doing it, but in a way that they go around the legal uh, areas of it. But you know mm-hmm. what? When you say Joe the slinky for example it's slinky it it shows like this that this spring will start walking the moment you held it in your hand when i had it man that thing wouldn't work and then it finally got to work it took a while to get it to work yeah the
0: only way i ever got a slinky down the stairs was by throwing it
1: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) it never went down the stairs like it showed in the commercials go you know walking downstairs it'd make it one one or two steps and then stop and then i'd throw it to the bottom yep. so there it made it <laughs> yeah. he's
2: always had a short lifespan. span they uh, yeah the oh yeah would always get kinked inside of a, an hour
1: it did and you want to know something one of the biggest ones i think the worst one was when the rock and robots came out they were fine you know the rock hey you're gonna the knuckle whatever think was the red blocker you knock his block that was fine but then they came out with one called knuckle busters which looked like two huge muscle guys and, and, you know, they had this record that came with it, and the record you would hear like, beam, dang, now he hit me, and it got all exciting, but they played that on the commercial, and I thought, oh, these things really punched each other. Man, dumb, when man. I when I got them, the way they worked is, you had, to, they were like two little pieces of ropes in each side holding the two close to each other instead of like an actual ring. So the bass was tied by two small ropes, right? And when you, you had to squeeze the bulb and then the hands through air would pop out, but half the time the hands wouldn't pop out at all. You have to like really squeeze the bulb, and then if you punch the other guy's nose, it would fall back on the base. And then they later had the karate. They had like two G.I. Joe karate figures that they would kick. And but honestly, that knucklebuster, when I got I got that, was the biggest disappointment in history. Great looking toy, but it didn't, it was horrible. Terrible. And that's what I think Joe just reminded me of when he said that. Yeah, you know, there it's
0: funny because um uh years back, uh maybe fifteen or so years back when, when I was in the, the military, there was a um there was a website out and they were publishing a lot of there were self defense books, firearms books, and all that and oh, Pal- Paladin Press? Yes, Paladin Press, yes. And there was a lot of um questionable books in there oh, yes. with stuff but there were some good books so they kind of had like these questionable books mixed in with some actual good books and i remember guys ordering books from there on on different stuff and what you know when i would look at i go guys this this stuff is like <laughs> you know entertainment purposes only like none of this stuff is really that that good or useful it's like it's almost like you know, today, hey, take this pill every day for a month and you'll lose weight and be in great shape like this guy. You know, it's it's not a quick fix. You actually have to put in the work and and same thing with all these martial arts books. You know, I, I think a lot of kids and even adults would look at this and say, man, if I read this book cover to cover and I practice in my living room i could be you know the next bruce lee and well you got to put in the, the work and all that yeah. and you got to pay the, the 80 dollars for the next belt right <laughs> yeah, they wanted to they wanted to
2: sell you the secret
0: because the yeah. secret is something that you can get right away instead of the work which is something that takes years i guess yeah you definitely have to have to put in the work but i tell you what i'm looking online right now on the um the booklets that you put that you uh, have in the frames that the picture that you put up and you know i i could see being a a young kid or a young teenager looking at these books and they these booklets and they look really fascinating and it's they really jump out at you and especially like i i'm looking at them like the world's deadliest fighting secrets with the uh, the cobra on the front like that just looks like ominous and it's like something like mm-hmm. i have to have this book i have to know these secrets this lo- looks so deadly and this could make me you know a uh, a deadly fighting force to be reckoned with out, out on the playground, you know. But what, what's actually in that book? How, I, I've never <laughs> seen one inside, but, like, what's actually contained
2: in, I'll, in there? I'll, I'll post up a few pictures on the forum. I, I took some pics before I put it in the frame. Hey, uh, it's it's not... There's pictures of eye... Well, Eddie's... It, the pictures in Mail Order Mysteries are pretty indicative of what's in there. Eye gouging and ear ripping and... Uh, Eight. Hey crotch grabbing i suppose <laughs>
1: joe joe i got some news for you i just got a text uh, uh my brother actually went and, and had mr castro himself give you something so it's being sent to you or well, it was already mailed so be in the lookout uh you'll be able to puff away some good stuff pretty soon buddy Awesome. You well, know, I'm, I'm
0: reading my world's deadliest fighting secrets.
1: Exactly. Yes. On, on my couch. <laughs> yeah. what, what I was going to tell you is, I, I did sell that booklet a while back. Uh, the deadliest fighting secrets. I just got lazy and didn't sell it no more. Um, I, I'll get you a copy, Joe. I, I have a couple that I actually reproduced. The problem with that book, in particular, it's a very good book compared to the other ones. It's probably yeah, will I'm it sure. make me like Count Dante though? Oh no, better you'll be able better as learn. long as I'm it's better. It's not a as long as, can, as
0: long as I can learn it sitting on my couch, smoking a cigar and I could become the world's deadliest fighting man. Then yeah, I'm good.
1: Well, there's a book actually. I don't know if it's available, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the history about Count Dante. Somebody actually wrote a book about him and explained what he was and who he was. And yeah. I was just, there was
2: one, I just read it a couple of months ago that came out. Uh, I got it off of Amazon. I forget what the name of it was, but it was a history of count Dante and, is it a bunch of of red book short essays um, a
1: red cover i can't like remember it had
2: a nice had a nice artwork on the cover i remember yeah because see
1: the thing with any of that stuff especially with those books like right now i think i've never seen anywhere that six foot poster with the that you were supposed to get that say you could the pressure points that was a karate practice dummy mm-hmm um i i'm trying to think where my even would be um but um, I,
0: I know you sent me one of those uh, years ago it was just a black
1: and white one yeah didn't i send you when that i didn't send you the um the cow dante book with that
0: no i just you know you sent me a bunch of posters and that was uh one of the ones that was in there because i always thought that was fascinating i'm like how are you going to learn pressure points off of a you know one-dimensional
1: dummy poster.
0: I don't think it's really practical.
1: Yeah, but the way the way they word it, you get a free dummy. They didn't tell you free poster, a free dummy, so you think yeah. you get an actual... Yeah. I think you know, big it, box it, is
2: coming in the mail, but it's an envelope.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And, that, yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> I remember, that, like I said, I tell my grandmother, I'm going to get a really big box of the seven-foot ghost and I get an envelope, and I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how is this possible. <laughs> but um, you know what? Honestly, uh, Jason, you yep. said that you started collecting when you read uh, that I got you in that. What, yeah, you, yeah. What do you mean by that? Uh, uh,
2: well, I, would I'd, I'd gotten mail order mysteries and I was, I'd read through it and uh, it had the, a few examples of the, the, the martial arts booklets. And I was, I so I poked on eBay and I found a couple of them right away. Oh, I got you. I got you. And so I ordered those and then they got me started for tracking down some of the others.
1: The one that you, that I have in there, um, it, you know, it was kind of funny because when Kirk was around, I was looking for the sub and I couldn't find it. So, I mean, we went three days rummaging through my storage and he was just taking pictures and pictures. He, he took like, like at least two, three hundred photographs. Uh, now I would say 40 percent of the items didn't even make it to the book because uh, it would have taken
2: mm-hmm. a,
1: a 500 page book. But the one that I thought was funny, too, was the Raquel Welch inflatable pillow. <laughs> we gave up hoping that. And then finally I opened a tube, a poster tube, and there it was. And I go, Wow, you got it. So he was able to photograph that. But the sub that didn't I didn't find that until like a year later, I think two years later. And um, you know, so everything said it was it was a very interesting book when they put together. Unfortunately, not all the items in the book of mine, because you have uh the mass section that belongs to Ray Castelas. Now Ray is, unfortunately doesn't have a lot of you know information on the book about him other than his name and stuff but he was really a big time contributor uh because the mask that you have in that book especially the topstone mask mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. nobody probably has in the world except him and um i had and and it was kind of sad to say but i have some of those original topstones of which many very few have survived uh the team Wolf being one turn into a big rubber i mean i have it there but it's it's a rubber of it's a ball of rubber you know it's yep. it's very hard to safe mask especially latex. That's yeah, latex yeah latex. so i avoided that but the other things that um mostly the you know the original box the versions of the six foot frankenstein and stuff with the original box i think the only other person i know that i know i'm sure that other people have it. the only other person that i know is the guy rob zombie or something like that where he has uh Taking Care of Business is a book that has his collection in it that pictures the two with the original boxes. It's very hard to come across those boxes. And I mean, that's another thing that I I know I have that, you know, it's kind of rare. And mm-hmm. pretty soon I might be putting out the infamous Moon Monster, the one that it's in the book, where he's standing sideways that nobody's ever bought or had. <laughs> um, I purposely had, uh, and I told Kirk, make sure that that, resolution is very low and stuff. And don't put that too big in the book because, you know, whatever reason. But Mm -hmm. I think what you were saying, I was just wondering when you said how you got into it. But one thing I'm going to tell you, I have somewhere a while ago, I scanned, um, which it might be easier to find than the actual book prints. I scanned all those old books because a lot of those books that you have, especially from the 70s, are actually done in the 1930s. And when you had companies like Johnson Smith Honor House, all they did was reprint it and put their name in it because there was no copyrights on it. Just like 25 Lessons in Hypnotism is put out by 10 different companies from the time. Mm. They, you know, I just want to let you know that a lot of those books you yeah, can with other titles in the 1920s and 30s. And I did scan about 10 or 15 of those books and I had them on DVD ready to print if I ever wanted to sell them. So that's what I wanted to tell you that I, I might be able to find that and send you a copy. Um I know I've been promising Joe one particular copy with hidden doorways which I actually have in my hand uh the other day and I'm like I got to send him this and I haven't done so but I will be doing that pretty soon. But I could probably get one for you as well Jason. Oh cool. Was...
2: I... No go ahead Jason. Oh no I was just thinking I there's I mean there's certainly <laughs> eras for each martial art and I'm a judo probably the first one judo and Jitsu, and then they kick into karate and then kung fu after that and then ninja after that so i can imagine the early books would get reprinted uh, the early karate and judo books would get printed up until the 1960s or 70s for sure
0: well i tell you a funny story about ninjas because you know you just said that and i'm looking at your uh, your picture with black belt magazine and has the the two ninjas on it and you know being a movie lover in in the 80s i watched a lot of you know classic horror movies uh just different movies in general and a lot of you know at the time ninja movies were Mm -hmm. real big Yep. so you know being young and you know of course impressionable i always thought they're you know that later in life, there's going to be two major issues I'm going to have to face <laughs> quicksand and ninjas. <laughs> you know, I thought everywhere I go, I got to look out for ninjas and I got to watch, you know, when I'm going through the woods, I got to watch for quicksand because uh, apparently there's quicksand everywhere. And if I mm-hmm. dodge the quicksand, there's ninjas coming out at me. But it was, you know, funny thinking back on how big, you know, ninja movies were. And, um, you know, there was a, the adult ninjas, there was the, the little kid ninjas. And it was just it kind of like flooded the, uh, the the movie place. And a lot of them were, you know, B movies or, you know, direct to video movies. Mm-hmm. But you would catch a lot of them on, uh, you know, TNT or USA and they would just be on there all the time. And I just always remember thinking, man, you know, they are going to be a huge problem when I get older. <laughs> you know, they're all wow. they're
1: around every corner, you know, on <laughs> every rooftop. <laughs> Maybe Chuck Computer's and ninja. You got to be careful there, Joe. Yeah, you never—he could disappear and reappear and (laughs) throw a ninja star at you, and you know I'm gonna tell you. I think Joe, what you just said and everything comes—it's—it's one thing. Like just recently, I bought one of the biggest things that I sell before I even say what I bought are the surprise packages, and it blows my mind. Why do so many people order the surprise package again? It's the unknown, and one of the things also is I just purchased from Merchants of Magic a, and I also did from a couple about a couple of months ago from tannins magic shop the mystery box so they have a black box they put a question mark in front they sell it Mm -hmm. to you for like 60 70 bucks when you get the darn thing it has a it has things that they probably didn't sell in the store that they just use it to fill in the blank and and that's how they give it to you as a surprise because it didn't sell to the public and that's usually what a lot of mail order companies used to do and still do I fell for the seventy-seven dollars for that stupid merchant's of magic because <laughs> I liked the thing, and when I got it, I looked and I'm like, "Wow, man! They even have a book there that has no front cover or anything, meaning the jacket it probably fell off the thing because it was an old book on the shelf."
2: Or somebody ripped it and returned it, and yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I could tell. This is basically what I'm going to say: the thing with karate and the recent ninja did better than karate and became more popular is the fact that it's the unknown. The mystery behind mm-hmm. it. that's mm-hmm. what made mail order and that's what still as humans we want the unknown, the secret that's never been told.
2: That's, a, that's we, us being optimists, I guess.
1: Exactly. And that's yeah. what Mail order is all about, I think.
2: Yeah. There's um JJ Abrams, the the guy I think he directed Lost. I think he bought the same box from Tannins and he has a whole TED Talk where he talks about never opening that <laughs> box
1: yeah and because it's, it's
2: worth more to him as a as a question mark than it could ever anything in it could ever be worth so yeah
1: but you know what the problem he did he made me fall for that and I bought <laughs> four of them i didn't buy one i bought four of them and kept two sealed and i opened the two only to find out that wow what a waste of money
0: well, jason off the have you heard on here i don't know how far back you've listened to but have you heard about the the mystery box that eddie sent me was that the the box that contained the invisible
2: items? was that that yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> I should have kept that box uh, you know not open. It would have been worth more <laughs> Except sounds like he's played that trick a few times
1: now yeah, Todd yeah Todd kept it. <laughs> I, You know what? It was kind of funny because I, I wanted to do that because they were, you know, I started sending Todd and, 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 and Joe a lot of those boxes, like, you know, gifts every week and stuff. And they were all excited. So I go, man, this is the perfect moment. So just, I, I sent them. out set me- them up. But yep. got, oh, yeah. yeah, but Joe got so angry, he tossed it out. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy kept it as a souvenir. I, said, I
0: should have just kept mine
1: unopened if I would have known and. You know, you know what's crazy, Joe? You could have probably sold it for a lot of money in a few years.
0: <laughs> the house of the unusable mystery box.
1: That was so you never cool. know
0: what's inside of it. <laughs> it's like a storage locker auction. Who knows what's in there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, what? I've seen some of those programs, and man, those guys. You know, maybe they were old. Uh, you know, I always thought maybe they're old mail order fans, and they mm. just, you know, they grew up, you know, liking that surprise, and now they they've turned it into their their profession, you know, as they got older, they did. Cause you know, you're, you're buying those and you know, you get a quick peek inside of it, but you don't know what, what you're getting. You could get, you know, stuff worth tons of money or you could get, you know, a bunch of junk. Yeah. And I always, wondered if, it out. Yeah, I always wondered if these guys, you know, grew up, you know, in love with these these mail order mysteries and you know like being surprised and it just it kind of stuck with them over the years it'd be interesting to interview one of them
1: joe uh one of those guys is if you look up the dollar 25 ghost on youtube it's kevin notes he's a writer and thing for the new yorker or something like that and he explains how the ghost made him where he says as i had a tear in my eye at the end of the video he says i swore that i would become one day a marketer, and make somebody else as deliciously scammed as I felt. but and, and that's true, you know, he gets to the point, and he does a good job on that. But one thing I want to say real quick, Joe, when you think, especially when you're going to buy something, and and you want to send away because of the mystery of stuff, that is so, even for me today, that makes me, well, who I am, basically. I love the mystery. I love the buying of the stuff. But you know, and being a sucker, I'm still a sucker. I fall for most of that stuff all the time, even though I know it's fake, you know but
0: yeah, you know and the, i I am too I still still love a lot of that and I know about um twenty years ago when i was I was getting real big into to working out and fitness and uh, body weight conditioning, uh, a buddy of mine we came across this guy and I think he's still out there. his name's Matt Fury, and he does a um a lot of like these body weight conditioning secrets of the, the, you know, from China and all this stuff. And he had put out these, these books years ago of all these, um, you know, secrets for body weight and how to do this and that. And we ended up buying a few and they were definitely not worth, uh, the the (laughs) money that we paid, (laughs) that we paid for them. And they were very, uh, cheaply done. And it was, yeah, it was definitely kind of like a, a scam. There were, you know, if you, I guess with the exercises, if you were able to uh, to do them and put them into some type of program, it would be of use. But it was very, you know, generic. This is a push up. This, you know, two pictures on how to do a push up, how to do a squat, and it was, it, it was definitely in the uh, the arena of mail order, uh, you know, like martial arts yeah, type. It sounds exactly like, the same. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly the same. But it, it was. Um, it was in, in, you know, like a, a regular kind of soft cover book form and yeah, definitely, uh, definitely kind of like a scam (laughs) to Mm. say the least, (laughs) but yeah, but he Mark, I mean, he was, you know, I looked him up, you know, years, years past and he was, you know, he was kind of like a, a marketing genius on, on all this stuff, you know, and he kind of took it from, you know, all these Kung Fu and, and karate things that you would see from the 60s and 70s, you know, learn these secrets, you know, this is the secrets only I know and all that. And, you know, we kind of fell for it at the time and, you know, wanted to see what it was all about. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool seeing the stuff, but definitely um, not much you could really put into uh, practical use, to say the least. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's
1: to say the secret is really there is no secret. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that, you know, a lot of that stuff is is definitely still out there in, in, in book form. And, you know, like we said, most of it's all on in, in video now. And guys, be aware out there, if you're looking at stuff for martial arts or firearms or fitness, a lot of this stuff could get you hurt or killed. So Do your research on these people that that you're looking up, you know, and when in doubt, just buy the world's deadliest fighting secrets from, from (laughs) Count Dante. He's the man to go to. (laughs) Good good, uh, guy. uh, Eye gouging will uh, solve any situation. Yeah. Eye gouging and crotch punching there. That's all you really need there. You'll be good to go. (laughs) It's funny how
1: they actually sold that to kids. It's just amazing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And and nobody complained at the time, you know, (laughs) but, but, it's,
2: it's. If I swear, I, I' trying to find copies of this stuff nowadays, and they're so rare. And Count Dante sold. They. I think I saw reported five hundred thousand copies.
1: Oh, probably wow. I, I there is
2: not a single copy for sale. That's because that Eddie probably got
0: most
1: of them. his yeah, the stores. Actually, <laughs> I, I have two copies of it, to be honest with you. But um, you know what's really funny too? When you're saying that it's so hard to find, I like the way when there's some other comic book ads that they invented their own like Akawawa, something like that, I think it is. Oh, Icondo? No, Icondo was one, but there, there's another one that's called Kawawaza, like K-A-W-A-C, something. There's a couple of weird names out there, and you will find those mostly in magazines uh, like Wrestling Fury. You know, like not the mm-hmm. wrestling magazine. This is the earlier ones from the 70s, uh, which were like Team B uh, magazines, you know, that were – from Hollywood, like the movie star Charlie's Angels and stuff like that, they had in there some really weird. And now, one thing I want to say, Joe, when you say Platinum Press, <laughs> I have a lot of those questionable books. <laughs> in fact, I have over twenty-two books from that uh, that company. That used Paladin Press. I don't even know <laughs> if they're still are, are they still around. No, yeah, they're think... they they've closed. I think they sold all their stuff
2: off. They've uh, you they can did, still huh? get the books, but they're they're scattered around now.
1: I used to buy them from Soldier of Fortune I used to buy the magazine as a kid Just for the ads I had no idea mm. what it was about But I used to like the knives and everything in it They have and, beautiful knives in there I got, you know, the poor man's James Bond One and two yeah. there, there were so many crazy books they I have those too You have them really? <laughs> I do
2: I got those was, at a used book sale Jeez. What
1: about the Anarchist book? You remember anarchist book No, one? never,
0: never got that one <laughs>
1: I don't even know where they haven't seen those since the eighties, but, um,
0: I- Hey guys, we, uh, hate to bust in here, but we are down to about a minute and a half here. And this has been a, a great conversation, man. I always love talking about, you know, martial arts and all these male order mysteries dealing with martial arts and, and everything. But, um, you guys out there, if you're listening and want to see, uh, some of these photos that we're talking about and get in on the discussion, head over to house of on our, our forum page, uh, check out some of the posts in there and you could you could uh, see these photos. I'm sure a lot more will be coming up. And if you have your own photos, hey, include them on there. We would mm-hmm. love to see them and love to hear your story about how you started collecting them or any other you know, mail order mysteries that you uh, might have had. Also, check out our YouTube page, uh, House of the Unusual. Eddie and Chuck are putting up tons of, of great videos on there, a lot of deep dives and unboxings. And of course, Chuck's magic, too. You don't want to miss that. But our flagship site is houseandunusual.com. On the homepage, there is a link to Etsy, uh, Instagram, all that good stuff on there, all the social media. So definitely check that out. And uh, we are continuing to, to grow in the podcast and the YouTube. And that's thanks to all the listeners out there. And uh, keep spreading the word for us. And many thanks to everyone out there who, who continues to uh, support us. And if you're interested in coming on the show and talking about your collection or or whatever you're interested in, hit us up on houseoftheunusual.com. And that's all we got for this week. So, Eddie, Jason, thank you guys for joining us. It's been a great conversation, and good night, everyone.
1: All
2: right. God bless. Good night. Good night. Good night.